Into the one and only show covering football from the land of the rising sun. It is Gridiron Japan. Zach Kyleman here, joined by the group that I am with every episode now. Uh, John Gunning from Inside Sports Japan, who was originally a special guest. We're just glad to have him on as a regular. And thank you that for joining in for every one of these future shows. It's been awesome. And then Greg James from CFL America Radio as well, joining in with me too. Greg, good to see you too as well this week. Guys, uh, X1 area started up. Things have been kicked off. Season's underway, at least for the X1 series. X1 Super starting this coming weekend, September 4th and 5th. Um, Let's just dive into this and touch into things. Uh, X1 area, let's just say uh, some solid contests. Uh, Two of them, five contests this weekend. Three, all five were streamed on the new streaming service that the X League has this week. Uh, and touching on that, you know, thought at least my initial thoughts seemed like decent graphics. Camera work looked good based on, you know, just watching highlights and retouching on things before this show. Um, you know, Greg, John, just from what you've seen, you know, what did you think of the at least their service so far? At least, or maybe even challenges getting in, because that's the other part of this whole thing is they didn't seem like it was the easiest to subscribe to it. John, you yeah, want to go let, first? Yeah, I'll let you go first on that because the, you you actually had to try and get in from abroad, right? Did you manage uh, it? Yeah, no, I had uh, surprisingly, you know, how these streaming services normally work is especially if you're doing anything in a foreign language involving tra- AI translation of a website. Usually doesn't work well the first time. But surprisingly, I didn't have an issue. And I was waiting even to the point where uh, I was waiting for my credit card company to flag the purchase from Japan um, happened with the Japan Times one time where I got a call and of course I got in trouble from the wife going what are you buying so no <laughs> we were all good on my end so not a problem at all and especially if you use Chrome with the AI with the translation software um, it, it works great I've got no got no complaints at this point well, as a Japan Times journalist, I'm glad to hear that you're paying for our <laughs> service, you know, <laughs> keep, keeping me keeping me in a job. But uh, yeah, I, there is one line I think that's been giving people problems in the sign up page, which is furigana, which is one of the Japanese alphabets that used to help to read the more complex characters. Obviously, English names don't have that. Mm-hmm. I've heard that if you just put in Roman letters, the ones that you use normally in English, that it will work. I haven't confirmed that. Obviously, I, I signed up for it in, in Japan using Furigana. But, um, yeah, it's it's just one of those oddities that kind of stumps people from abroad. The service itself, I didn't see a whole lot different from the free service, to be honest with you, that they had last year. Still uh, some of the same issues, we say, with the commentary. Obviously, the commentary is only in Japanese. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're watching from abroad and you don't speak the language, it's not... Uh, you know, it's not a good thing. Obviously, you 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 know, you don't have that explanation of what's going on. Right. Well, um, and, and depending on which stadium that was, the games were at, too, the the graphics and the visuals appeared to be better. Um, not at Kawasaki Stadium, right? But the so other stadium where the games were played. The reason for that is there's a different company doing it down there, RTV, which is a, they also have their own American football streaming service, paid service that they use. So they're the ones who are actually doing it apparently for the X League. So they have better cameras, better graphics. Commentary is a little bit more amateurish. You see that a lot of clunkers dropped and maybe some 
say comments that uh, were okay in past days, but are not okay in modern in the modern era. So there was a little bit of a controversy about some of the stuff they were talking about, like foreign players. The language used to describe the foreign players was uh, not the best. Mm. Um, but you get that. But um, in terms of the games themselves, I think they all pretty much went as expected. The results, more or less all. The Nagoya as one, Black Eagles one, that one was a kind of toss-up. Uh, we predicted most of the results right apart from that one. The only one that was really surprising and that was actually probably the game of the weekend was the Challenger Suns one. That was so, a great game. Oh, yeah. yes. So for people who don't know, Fukuoka Suns have only been in existence for four years. So they, they're down in the bottom of Japan. Uh, there has never been a team down there. and they, they started up four years ago and they won promotion right through the divisions every year. And they were... If I don't have the figures in front of me, but I think they won something like 22 of their first 23 games. And they only they've only lost to like really good teams. And but still they're up in the, the second tier, pretty new in the second tier. I think it's only their second year here. And they were up against a very strong challengers team who has the full complement of Americans, brought back one of their best ever linebackers, mm-hmm. and were expected really to be too much. They were, you know, we had it that they would be winning by about 20 points. But uh, there's a couple of ex-Challengers players that both Americans on the Suns are used to play for the Challengers. Uh, one of them, Brandon Berry, played with Khalil Mack at Buffalo. Mm. They were linebackers together there. Donnie King from Hawaii, both of those guys used to be at the Challengers. And they really stuck it to them. And it was a last-minute yeah, goal. Yeah, last last, the game. I, I'm watching that game, and I'm like, okay, well, you know. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it turned. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really what you want in a football game, I think. You know, whether you want your team to win, you know, it doesn't matter really who wins or loses, so long as you've got an entertaining game in front of you. And that one kind of had it all. It sure did. And, you know, Suns, I mean, that's that's the name of the game with Suns, really. They, they, they're they four years old, as I said, but they've really been a breath of fresh air in the league. They come in with interesting openings. They've brought players in from rugby. They brought in two baseball pitchers, stars. They have them as wide receivers this year. They brought in guys from sumo. They open up, they've brought in a TV star, a, a reality TV star and presenter who's been who's a big star in Japan, played football a little bit in college, but hadn't played the game for 10 years. They brought him back into the game, aged, I think, almost 30. And uh, But like they recruiting, sponsorship, team atmosphere, everything they do differently. If, it, if the whole league was like Fukuoka Sons, we'd have a... A bigger CFL in right, Japan, right. basically, I, I think, well, you know. In watching that game, you can actually see that vibe going with the team. Yeah. They, there, was just something a, about, there was just something about watching that team going, there's something – now that you've explained what's going on, okay, now that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. They're one of the most exciting fresh teams, and it's, I feel sorry for them that they couldn't get that first win over a really big team like the Challengers. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, it stands to them. And uh, considering if you think about how the season is going to work out and the way they've worked the promotion, which I guess we'll talk a little bit about, uh, they're in really good shape for a step up to the very top division next year. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, if I didn't know any of that background off the top of my head, you know, I thought I would think the Suns are one of the best in the league and that you just saw two of the best guys week one going at each other because it just felt like, you know, in terms of quarterbacks, at least, you know, Nishiyama Yuto, and then you have Garrett Saffron throwing haymakers. It felt like at least late second quarter onward, 
Uh, and then of course you have two talented American receivers on both each one, each for challengers and for the Suns. just felt like that, you know, it, this game came down the wire and was two of the best in the area, at least in the area section of this. Uh, wouldn't be surprised either if I see both these teams in terms of our, uh, you know, that promotion relegation for next year, if they're both in this, I mean, and this is just an early season game, of course, anything can happen, but you know, when the challengers, as you're saying, John, and from what I've known of the X league have been one of the tops in that, at least in that section, uh, that's a good sign, or at least a good litmus test, maybe for future contests to come. And, you know, roster looks really put well put together. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff about that because there's three teams in that second division, the Challengers, the Deers and Silver Star, who all have, uh, I think, two championships each. And three years ago, all of them had a really bad season just when the league reorganized and decided to make the top division much smaller. And all of them ended up down in the second tier. So and then the system changed where only one team can come back every year. And then we had COVID. And so you've had three if not the big powerhouses, but like traditionally big teams have been stuck in the second tier. And you, like you said, Garrett Saffron, Garrett Saffron, when he was with Vienna Vikings, was lighting it up in Europe. You know, Robert Johnson played with Dak Prescott at Mississippi. He was one of Dak Prescott's favorite receivers. You got Michael Taylor, Bryson Burris, you know, guys who played at Miami and uh, uh, Michael Taylor. I think he's going to kill me if I get this. I think it was Florida. I think he played at Florida, Florida Gators. Um like you say, you got really good talent on that team, but they've never had a chance to play the big boys in the top division. So next year, the X League is uh, revamping and changing everything again. So the top four teams in the X1 area, the second tier, are automatically going to move to the top tier for 2022. And there won't be any relegation. So we'll have a 12 team top division next year. And uh, Challengers and Suns right now are looking really good for two of those spots, even though Suns lost. Uh, but if, if I was to pick, I would pick those three traditional big teams, the Deers, Challengers, and Silver Star, and put Suns in along with them. They'd be my yeah. pick for the four that's going to go up next year. Yeah, well, number four is going to be kind of toughest based on the field right now. But it just mm-hmm. felt like, you know, in terms of this, in terms of the Silver Stars, you know, and then just the way that the Suns and the Challengers played, you know, like I said, I just felt like two got two of the best teams right there throwing at each other. I'll tell you one thing, you know, between the bullseyes and the bulls, that was one that I, you know, rewatching that and that it was just an ugly contest and affair. <laughs> that was I, an old I, school game. They're very much an old school game. Uh, did, you see our, did you see our prediction for the score? <laughs> I have to re- look, I know it was not uh, that. It, no, in, inside sport Japan. So we, we predicted most of the scores right. pretty close. We had that one at 7-10. Bullseyes win 7-10 and they won 14-10. So, you know, that, that was, we knew that was coming. <laughs> so, I mean, it was ugly. <laughs> would that saying. have covered the spread? I don't gamble, but would that have covered the spread if there was one? Uh, it would well, there's the... no betting on uh, football in Japan, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I guess in American terms, it would have covered the over, if I'm ah, saying okay. that right. So, well, but, yeah. you know, like you said, that's, that was a great game, which is very much old school. And, mm. um, you know, I'm looking at the stats from the game, and you just need the quarterback numbers. Vintage 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm touching more on like just the punting situation in the first half was atro- yeah. atrocious. Yeah. Part of the reason that contest was decided for the bullseyes was because of a block punt. And yeah. it just felt like both teams couldn't get that that yeah. together. Special teams were, were ugly for both. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. 
you know, we got to cut these teams a lot of slack as well, because for a lot of them, this is the first competitive game they played in a year. That's fair. So, right. you know, that fair. Um, <laughs> there was no spring practice season this year either. There were no challenge games. So uh, there's also massive turnover every year. A lot, most of these teams, some teams, you know, 30%, 50% of the team is new every year because they're amateurs. So, you know, guys retire, they move away for work or, mm-hmm. you know, they bring in a lot of college graduates. So, especially in the early weeks of the season, it's a bit like the CFL, right? They had the same, the same issue. Nobody knows really how good any team is because, you know, limited practice time, limited time together. So when you're an amateur team, that's a doubly so. So right. um, there, are no, there are no professionals on any on bulls or bullseyes. So uh, no, no American players either anymore, I think, on either team. You you are touching on something I that it was a trend I'm noticing. I, I get with the structure of the X X League makes so much more sense. Is it did did surprise me how how many rookie university players I saw on each team as they were in. Felt like some of them were half the roster were university level signings, and I went wow. But you know if you're talking how a lot of these are structured, a lot of them you know they employed on the side. I completely understand. You know, yeah, so, and because there are so many teams in Japan. So the X League has four divisions, and then there are several other leagues, independent leagues, with you know on a lower level. So, and there's senior leagues then for guys who are over. You know, see, so you've got leagues where the teams are all made up of players in their 60s and 70s and 80s, and they're still playing full contact padded football. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, like, as you get older, say when you go into your 30s and you're with the next next one team or next two team or whatever, and you're not able to handle that level, it's very easy just to move to a a slightly easier team or a slightly easier league or then you know when you're near retirement age you can just keep playing with the over 59ers or the <laughs> over 40 the under 59ers or the over 40s legenders or you know the, the moby dicks is what team is called which is like, <laughs> japan team names could be a whole show i'm telling you there's just there's just it's hilarious you know but um yeah so you get a lot of movement you know the older players moving on to you know, easier games and easier leagues, maybe not as hard hitting and a lot of the college graduates coming in. So yeah, you do get huge turnover with a lot of these teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The caterpillars are, you're talking names. I just found that so funny. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. You know, I, it is, it's very, some of them very creative, you know, at least Lazarus, so. Lazarus is a team. I don't know if we mentioned that before. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, Lazarus is the name of a high school team. I, I always imagine that all their games, they're making these miracle fourth quarter comebacks, you know. <laughs> but, um, there's a team called Blue Tide, which doesn't have any blue in the uniform. They play in purple. Uh, oh, it's just, you know, fighting gorillas, just snails. Snails is another one. Snails is like the least intimidating <laughs> team name of all time. Uh, you know, you know, my favorite one isn't even my favorite one in the States, actually, I think is what the least intimidating. Uh, it's a community college with the mascot of the artichokes. Oh, I know you're talking about. I can't think of the name. I, I know in Illinois in one of the high schools, uh, the bunnies was the the Fisher bunnies. One of the agriculture colleges in Hokkaido in Japan have the fighting radishes. Radishes, really? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and their their mascot is a, a radish with the helmet and the whole lot. You know, <laughs> it's just yeah. There's no limits. There's absolutely no limit to team names here. You know. Well, you know, and, and let me ask you. Talk on on that subject in Japan. Japan is known for cute mascots. So, right. do any of the? And I have not noticed, and I've not because I've not looked. 
But do any of the X League teams have those cute little masks? Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of them do. A lot of them, and actually, for one of the teams that played last weekend, as one Black Eagles who had that good yeah. win, their whole social media account is run by their mascot. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Blackie the Eagle, and actually, Blackie the Eagle from the Black Eagles is really, really. Um, if you comment or share or t- retweet or anything, they'll react. You know, even if it's in English, you know, they're, they're all kinds of crazy accounts. They're, they're willing to react and, and mix it up with anyone. So, like, you know, Blackie the Eagle running the as one Black Eagle social media account. That's he's he, she, I don't know. It is I, one I'll, of the, um, well, I, I'll let you in on a secret. Almost always mascots in Japan are uh, female inside. So one of the really? usually, yeah, it's usually one of the cheerleaders that does it. But that's a secret. <laughs> secret. Yeah, that's well, a secret. It's, that's our, a secret. it's our secret every, which now, everyone yeah. knows. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're letting the cat out of the bag now. Well, I'll have to keep that in mind for the Eagles with our Twitter account. And see if yeah. I can. Well, no, uh, Black Eagles, because the there's Black also Eagles. Eagles. Right. Yeah, because right. there's also Eagles in the same division. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The Tokyo Metropolitan Police Eagles, which is made up entirely of riot squad members from tokyo police yeah and i had to so the x league when i converted to english it made me laugh because i had to look i'm looking through the schedules again and of Mm. course one of them comes up it just says metropolitan police department i'm going all right i need to double check this isn't what i remember but of course it's you know it's the uh kit i'm going to butcher this the kishi cho eagles that was terrible kishi cho that i knew yeah that was terrible so if you, uh, I don't know if, I, if you have anyone listening to this who's a fan of anime, but uh, or knows the movies or animes, Ghost in the Shell. Oh, mm-hmm. I love Ghost so in the Shell. You, yeah. you probably know the name, but the the, the department that all those uh, characters were. Or, Section 9. Uh, Section 9, which is the riot department, Very which ghost. is what the police, the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Eagles are. They are the Section 9 riot squad. So it's basically essentially, they're not the mobile armored riot squad like in the anime, but like that's right. literally, that's the same police department that <laughs> goes in the shell is from. And they're, so, you know, KH2 Eagles or the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Department Eagles, they are the ghost in the shell team of the of <laughs> Japanese X League. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, right. oh, I got I got weird facts all day long. <laughs> oh, John, we love we love the stuff you you bring yeah. the, up here. Now so. I love now I, I love Ghost in the Shell so, even more. I've had all this yeah, knowledge for, no for years does. that never been able to use it or even talk about it to anyone. So you know, just being able to say it out loud is it is a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, any final thoughts on the uh, at least week one area here? Uh, I know we got. We're going to be previewing the supers, but I don't want to leave anything off the table before we move on. Well, uh, let me... oh, go yeah, ahead. John. I would. I would just say that the games. So I there were a couple of toss ups. We thought like Bulls Bulls Eyes was going to be a three point game. It ended up being a seven point game. Uh, there's almost nothing between those. Same with Cyclones and and as one Black Eagles. They fought very close games over the years. So those kind of went as expected. The other ones, then I think. I was a little bit surprised by how good Deers were. They had a lot mm-hmm. of turnover. They lost yeah. a lot of players as well. Um, so they they're, they were kind of surprising. Silver Star did maybe as expected. They were a little bit better than expected. The only really surprising game, I think, over the weekend was how good Suns were. Because uh, yeah. in a secret game that was played just before the start of the season, Challengers really put it up to Panasonic. You know, they were actually leading at halftime in a game that, you know, both teams tried to keep 
hidden. But uh, that was so challengers. Like I said, they have the full complement of Americans back. They looked really good. Um, kind of surprising though how well Suns did. So yeah. that was that was the big surprise for me for the weekend. Everything else yeah. more or less went as expected. Yeah, I'm looking at you know I'm looking at my notes here with Asahi. You know, Saffron had was 27 to 36 for three TDs, and then Johnson had two DD, two TD catches, 119 yards. And what most impressed me with that team wasn't either quarter wasn't the quarterback or the receiving, but it was the play in the black and the I'm sorry the play in the backfield, yeah. it, running back yeah. by committee, which is something I love being mm. very old school and love seeing a running game. I think of all the games that I watched, that was the one again without going back and looking at the numbers, but that was the one that just there was there was more running than what I was expecting. Right. Yeah. No, they're good. I think for next year, I think both teams will be in pretty good shape. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, my last, I'll tell you, I'll bring this thought to transition into the X1 Super. As we discussed with BJ Beatty last week, uh, I know Beatty brought up how it feels like in Japan, it's much more of a speed and finesse game. Uh, definitely felt like this first week, you know, my just my own experience getting a full like watching all the games and kind of seeing how it w- how the play was. Definitely can understand that relation. And so translated completely that same, just felt a lot more like it was about just kind of, you know, being quick and agile on the field and just out maneuvering rather than be laying the biggest blow to your opponent. So, you know, I, I could see that at least this for this first week. And as we move into the super, I imagine I'm going to get any of us are getting more of the same. Um, we got on the docket three games used to be four. Unfortunately, as we mentioned, the uh, all Mitsubishi lions had to cancel their first two, weeks coming up just due to covid related issues so the obic seagulls will also not be playing because of that uh but for the three main contests ahead we've got the you no know, we got ahead of us as i get this up we got fujitsu playing nojima we've got the tokyo gas creators playing panasonic impulse and finally for our third matchup we're going to have the elcom kobe finies playing the ibm big blue Gentlemen, X One Super's finally here. Uh, the main, the not saying it's the main, the main main event, but it really, you know, it kind of is. If you're going to, of course, win the Rice Bowl, this is where you need to be. So, first week's finally here. Uh, looking over our kind of our rundown, you know, as John's put up, you know, there's really it seems generally three teams that kind of repeat as the top guys. Two of those are going to be playing this week. Um, anyone else standing out to you this year, John or Greg, that kind of you know, I say maybe there'll be a challenge where we have a surprise. I mean, the Frontier were at least upset last season, so anything can happen in football still, even if you are a powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, again, the same issue, you know. A lot of these teams haven't played for a long time, so it's it's kind of hard to know what they're at. They brought in a lot of new players. Uh, Tokyo Gas, Panasonic, I think that one's pretty straightforward you know, Tokyo Gas, they'll have a new American quarterback coming in. Uh, just, just an, I don't know if they even announced him yet, but he's just in. Uh, I still don't see it making the difference. Panasonic just have too much quality all around. Uh, they'll probably win that handily enough. The same, maybe Fujitsu would be heavily favored against Nojima. Nojima did really well last year. You know, they, they beat the Finies and they beat Big Blue. They ended up being one of the top four teams, we'll say. They were just outside. They had um, a quarterback that came in late in the season. I You'd still have to favor Fujitsu, you know. So 
those two games, just in terms of predicting the wins and losses, you would say the two of the big three are going to win those, Panasonic and Fujitsu. The one that's really interesting and hard to call is the Finis versus Big Blue game. Those have been very tight, very closely contested over the last couple of years. You could say both of those teams are vying, maybe along with Nojima, for that fourth best team in the top division position. IBM are a little bit weakened because I haven't, well, that's not weakened, like they brought in players, but Kevin Kraft, their 10 year veteran, uh, former UCLA quarterback, has mm-hmm. finally hung up the pads, is no longer playing, is now just the head coach of the team. Right. And Omi, their star young wide receiver, is in the ELF, and his team is, you know, balling out and tearing it up. And so he won't be. I expect him to come back later in the season when the EFL season is over, ELF season is over. But, I mean, the way the Leipzig Kings are going, they could be going to the championship game. So, you know, it could be a while before he's back in Japan. And, of course, he's been banged up over there and injured as well. So they're missing their best wide receiver and they're missing their the guy who's quarterbacked them mostly over the last 10 years. They do have Masamoto, of course, the Japanese quarterback, who's spent played a lot of, over the last few seasons. Um, but it's that's a tough one. Finney's, they have their Americans back. They've lost one, Sean Draper, the, the cornerback. He switched over to Tokyo Gas, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be a really interesting game. That one is on the 5th, the Sunday. So uh, the first two are on the 4th, on the Saturday. So that Sunday's game, if, if you're looking for one that's going to be tightly fought and showing case, showcasing a little bit of a higher level of football than what we've seen in the second tier, then that one is should be worth watching. And it should be noted that, I mean, obviously with the time difference, that all the games that are on the service are also on demand. Right, yeah. Initially, that was that didn't seem clear because it took a while for them to upload, but I think now they've, they've been putting them up within a couple hours anyway. Of the yeah, game thank goodness for that. For, yeah. for, for us, <laughs> at least for me and Greg here trying to keep up, you know. I feel that, you. Yeah. I feel you. I'm the same with the Bears and the preseason games. You know, I'll get up for regular season games and watch them live at 2 a.m. But if you're asking me to get up for preseason contests when, you know, I'm not going to be watching Nick Foles at, at 3 a.m., you know. Well, absolutely. did you did you watch the, 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 the game against the Titans? I watched until Justin Fields finished and then I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> I have no interest in watching the rest of it. I just want – I saw to that fantastic throw at the end uh, – to, was it Horsehead or whatever his name is? Um, mm-hmm. So once that was over, and then I saw he was gone out of the game, I was like, "Right, that's me." Yeah. So, so here's a question I have with the Lions not being playing for two weeks here. Mm. Um, I don't know if it. I wouldn't suspect a reschedule. Are they rescheduling? Are these forfeits? No, no. What's going to happen? Games with these? Are, those games are canceled from what we can see. So it's the question is, how are they going to deal with the record? That, that's they, my question. Yeah, are, that's that's still unknown. Would they approach it much like a tie in the old days? That we don't know. No, they no, don't no, know. No. So uh, yeah, you know, this is this is one of the issues, right? We've touched on this before: the lack of communication, the lack of information, the lack of clarity mm-hmm. about things. I think it was sprung on them, so I, I don't I don't blame them too much because it was it was really a last minute decision by the Lions not to participate in the first two weeks. They did write in the press release about it that 
the Lions wouldn't be relegated because they weren't skipping the entire season, which sounded like if the Lions had missed the entire season, they would have just stuck them down in the second division for next year because the Lions did pull out last year as well. The Lions didn't oh, okay. play the entire season. So the Lions haven't played since 2019 season. And a lot of people were looking forward to them because they had their first first ever American in their history is, is over in Japan. Mm-hmm. Paul Boyland played for Texas. Um, right, right. Yeah, so... But what's going to happen with Obik's record? With uh, who's the second game? I think the Finies, maybe they're Obik and the Finies, maybe are the two teams that Lions were due to play. Yes, those teams would have beaten the Lions. So the Lions and Tokyo Gas are the two, the bottom two teams in the 18 top division. Um, they're unlikely to win a game against any of the other teams, either of them. Uh, it, that's just they're the two that came up when the challengers and the sun uh, challengers and the silver star and deers went down the lines and, and the Tokyo gas creators came up to the top division for the first time. And so they're basically outmatched, you know, the other six teams are all significantly stronger than them. So they're basically their game against each other gives them their, their only win of the season, probably. Hmm. But yeah. So finies and, and Obik seagulls will have one win less because they won't get to play Obi. I uh, get to play those lions. So how they're going to deal with it? Yeah, I do not know. Yeah, that, that's going to be fascinating. Uh, we had a similar deal going on in, in the American, like one of the the IFL indoor football. They had a similar deal. They had different scheduling lengths for teams, and then you had one of them that actually closed down mid season. Uh, so that whole <laughs> that whole calculation of playoff scenarios was out of whack, and in a similar way, almost horribly communicated too. So I hope that, you know, I hope that the X League, at least at some point in the next, well, next two weeks before they wait till night week two, maybe uh, announces a little more clarity as to how they will defer, say, tiebreakers or things like that for one less game or how things will go. Um, History says that they won't, but, uh, you know, just in terms of how things are normally handled, we probably won't hear until actually it comes time to make that decision. Okay. College football here last year, there was a COVID outbreak with Waseda. So Waseda had to forfeit a game and uh, that actually dropped them out of playoff contention. So we see actually the college season here, almost everywhere has been stuck back by a month because of, you know, COVID-19 is worse than it ever has been mm-hmm. during the entire pandemic, far, far worse. So most of the college organizations have pushed their season back to the start of October, at least. Uh, we'll see how that goes. The X League is pushing ahead, but you know, the way things are going, some teams may actually have to forfeit games. You know, there's no vaccination program right. among the players or anything like that, so everyone's just a regular person. So, for most people, I think we're up to 49% fully vaccinated, maybe in Japan, but it's the issue is still like the availability. Most people are still on long waiting lists or trying to get it, especially if you're under 50. Okay. Um, so most of the players probably haven't been able to get a vaccine yet. Right. So. And is there a pushback for vaccine? I mean, obviously, you're in the States. We've got a whole segment that is very anti-vaccine. But what about we in Japan? No, we don't have that kind of anti-vaccine movement. But uh, there is a, there's a kind of a homegrown one that's more to do with uh, problems that occurred with a certain vaccine in the 1990s that did have issues with it in terms of like it wasn't safe and there were so it caused some I can't remember what it was it caused some problems 
But as a result of that, uh, as far as I remember, the government changed the law to make certain vaccines no longer mandatory, but voluntary. So most, a lot of vaccines are mandatory in a lot of countries, especially childhood ones against, you know, uh, those big diseases. So you, you have to get your child vaccinated. Um, so I think actually there was, that had the opposite effect of what they were hoping. So instead of, from when they changed it from mandatory to voluntary, rather than uh, giving people a sense of ease, what actually happened was people went, wait a minute, why are they making it voluntary? If it's safe, why isn't it mandatory? And so actually it, and then what happened as a result of that then is Japan has its own vaccine testing program. So even if it's approved in the States, it still has to go through a much more rigorous, slower vaccine testing program here. So we don't get the stuff as quickly and it takes longer. So, um, but there, no, there isn't, there isn't that kind of just all vaccines are bad kind of, right. here, you know, so, right. well, but it's, I just, mean, it's just a lack of availability, really. Okay. Yeah. Cause obviously in the, in, the, in, you know, teams are dealing here with, you know, guys just don't want to vet, get it, right. get a vaccine. Now, yeah. You know, for the option for most of these teams, which I'm surprised, surprising, I'm surprised most teams haven't done is just cut the guys that don't don't get the vaccine. And you're looking at what happened in Edmonton where they had the outbreak and the issues that that's causing with the CFL at this moment. I think there might be legal issues around that and things to do with uh, player unions and bargaining. So you can't I, I don't know if you can. I know there are certain. Like you can cut players for football related reasons, but I don't think you can cut players from teams for like religious related reasons or political related reasons. Or so I, I think even though it might be a very small minority of players in the States, like if, if a team cuts a player for a non-football related reason, you might have the unions like getting up in arms about it or I don't know. It's it just that might be an issue, you know, legally or whatever. That I mean, somebody I when I mean, Mitsubishi at least announced the cancellation. That just mm. you know, and we our previous episodes you brought that up as well, where it's like, well, the the rate's different. So you know, it's still something that lingers a bit over with these contests. Is you know, I know last year it did this year it's still the same and way. You know, Mitsubishi. We should probably uh, so Mitsubishi is one of the few company teams. So along with right. Fujitsu and Panasonic, Mitsubishi is. They're not the big company teams that have had Americans, but they're company owned. They're owned by Mitsubishi and all their players are employees in Mitsubishi. So it was basically Mitsubishi that pulled the plug. Mm -hmm. They said, we don't want our employees. Um, Tokyo Gas, I think last year as well, even though they played the season, they refused to travel to Osaka. They refused Mm -hmm. to travel to outside of Tokyo. So um, parent companies and big sponsor companies who have all the team members would be the employees of that company or else, you know, a lot of them would work for that company, have a lot of say in the teams. So if they have internal company rules about no business trips or, you know, not participating in non-essential activities, then the team is, you know, duty bound to follow those rules. So uh, Mitsubishi is taking a very strict stance and not allowing its employees to participate in outside activities where they're mixing with uh, other people. So. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with that. And of course, Mitsubishi will be waiting until October second. That's their next supposed schedule. They'll be playing Fujitsu. Yeah, we should probably just add as well. They haven't confirmed that they're starting from week three. They said they'll see how it goes. Okay. So there is a possibility that they may just not play the entire season again, uh, which 
So it'll be two years in a row that Paul Boyland is. Right. But well, this year he'd be stranded. Last year he didn't actually end up coming to Japan because they cancelled mm-hmm. it before he came, after his big signing. But uh, I'm for his sake, I, you know, I feel bad for the guy. You know, he's he signed up <laughs> right. to play football finally, and he's it's 18 months now, and he's still waiting for his first game or even his first practice, probably. So, right. And and just you know, talking about sports in general with the pros, not including football. But baseballs, any if they had issues with um, any outbreaks on the on the baseball side of sports over there? There have been a few, but you know, baseball is a fully professional major sport right. in Japan, and same with soccer. So they have far more robust testing and uh, you know management issues. So like they have, so for example, like, like I work in the like I was saying in the Paralympics and stuff like that. So we have to take COVID tests basically every single day, and. Uh, you know, it's just a spit test, but you have to do right. it. You know, there are temperature checks. There, are, there's, you know, it's like in, when you go into any any event, a sport. It's like an airport. You're going through scanners. You're going. You have to. So there are multiple, multiple checks, and like you're you're limited in where you can go. And it's the same with the baseball. It's the same with the football. They have much tighter bubbles. They're professional athletes. They're all in the same group, and their right. testing regime, a uh, regimen, and their you know what happens when an outbreak occurs they have they're very strong rules and regulations in place whereas with the x league the players are amateurs who are working monday to friday in their companies traveling on trains and right so th- there have been outbreaks and the rate of infection has been more or less the same as in the general public but uh, they don't publicize it they don't say when teams have outbreaks they don't say how many people have been infected because they're amateur players you know, they're not they're not duty bound and there's privacy protections and, you know, teams. It's one of those weird dynamics. You know, they act almost like a professional team, but they're not actually professional. So you don't get a lot of the information that you would normally receive, especially on the media side of it, because of okay. privacy issues. Thus, the, then we'll hear about it when we hear about it. type. Right. Of, uh, exactly. Yeah. We hear about it when the team is not on the field or, you know, when somebody leaks it to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of, yeah, one of those pe- one of those pieces there. Um, yeah. <laughs> before we wrap up this section here, uh, I know John, Greg, I'll give you one more chance here. I know we kind of did a quick rundown of these first weeks. Uh, what's your game of the week if you're looking at these three uh, that you'll say it's a must watch if you're on the X League's uh, streaming service? Uh, for me, I would say the must watch if I'm going to watch one for entertainment value from a, from a neutral point of view would be the IBM. Elecom game on the Sunday because that one has the best chance of being a close, hard fought game. Uh, both teams, they've beaten each other in recent seasons. So it, that one should be really tight. The other two, Fujitsu Nojima, Panasonic, Tokyo Gas, they're interesting in their own way because Panasonic and Fujitsu obviously are two of the big contenders to win everything this year. Um, Fujitsu they won four in a row before last season. They only lost on the last play of the championship game last year. Mm-hmm. Panasonic haven't had success in a while, but they've been right there. They've been in their Japan Expo as it was. And yeah, if you, if you want to see how the very highest level of football in Japan, you could watch those two games, you know, just to see one side of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And for me, I really don't have a favorite. I just want to just, I'm looking forward to watching three Japanese football games in my living room. <laughs> that is hey you know i'll take that too I, I think that's i think that's a great way of looking at it especially if you're if you're listening to this as a 
person that's curious about just the league in general. Yeah. I, that mentality is perfect. You know, or if you want the best of the best, you know, go with John's John's take, go with two teams that, you know, are going to be the top, see how they play. Um, myself, I, as I mentioned to you guys, either off and you guys off air, um, I'm going to be just, uh, I'm going to be a big blue fan. So I'll be watching that one against the finies. So <laughs> if any game I'm going to pick first, probably on demand, just for how late that's going to be. And it's on a right. Sunday. Uh, I'll be, I'll be tuning into that one myself here. Yeah. Do you want to make any uh, score predictions? Ooh, okay. You know what? I mean, John, I get, I see what you're doing. I'll, I'll, I'll bite. I'll bite. Yeah. We uh, set, let's set ourselves up for failure. Yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> t- I'll bite. So I, I guess I'll, I'll go, I'll go first since you start, okay. since we're starting off. Um, I'll, I'll go from uh, the Saturday games into our Sunday contest at the end with uh, IBM and Elecon. So hmm. I'm going to have Fujitsu over Nojima. It's going to be, uh, give me 27 to 14 for that contest. I'll go then Panasonic over the Tokyo gas creators. That'll be 35 to 17. And then I'll say that you will have, Ooh, I'm going to take the finies over the big blue as much as I don't like saying that <laughs> for my choice. Uh, that's going to be 24, 20 mm. contest. Nice. All right, and I'll take IBM over Kobe. Over, uh, over Kobe. Um, I don't know. We'll go. I don't know. Let's say twenty-eight to seven. Tokyo Gas over Panasonic. 30, Ooh. What? Thirty-five oh, to thirty. Wow. And then Fujitsu just stomping on Nojima, twenty-eight to nothing. Uh, you're you're going for the clickbait there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't first take. This isn't first take, you know. Uh, let's see. Which is the first one? So the first one on Saturday is Fujitsu, Nojima. Mm-hmm. Nojima are pretty strong, but Fujitsu are... I mean, they don't have Birdsong. Obviously, he's in the ELF along with Omi. But Takagi did win it all for them two years ago. So he's he's a, arguably the best quarterback in Japan. Now they'll have Treshawn Nixon and Samaji Grant both playing on offense at the same time. So I'm expecting a ton of points again from the Fujitsu offensive machine. So I'm going to go. Fujitsu will be 41-21 winners over Nojima. Panasonic, I will say 29-7 winners over Creators. And I come IBM. Well, that one is too close to call, but I, yeah, I think Elecom probably have the edge there. I'll give them, uh, let's see, it's the first game of the season, but they're good. So maybe 23 21. So, all right. All right. Yeah, that's how I'm going. So fascinating. I'll be watching those that will, I'll be sure to clip this online for our uh, audience that follows us at, at Gridiron Japan on Twitter. So you'll get to get those predictions up in one way or another uh yeah we'll see how that goes first week of x1 super predictions why not (laughs) we'll take it it that way we'll keep this going throughout the season two while we're at it Mm -hmm. so but before we wrap up the show uh i know that john you had some words on the relegation Uh, as we hinted there's going to be four teams again coming for 2022 um but i understand you have a little bit of a issue with that yeah so you know, the X-League, 
a few years ago, they cut down the top division, as we were mentioning. So that was why Deers and Challengers and Silver Star fell down. And one of the issues was there were just so many blowouts, the top three in particular. So we had a game where Obik beat the Bulls, I think, 93-0 without throwing a single forward pass. They just ran, done run plays for the entire game and still scored 93 points. We've had 100-point wins. We've had 110-point wins. And those were killing the game. You know, we, we had a game where Devin Gardner scored 56 points on his own, the former Michigan quarterback, against Bulls. Just, you know, I think he threw for six or seven touchdowns and ran in for another two on, in one half of football. Damn. So those games are bad for everyone. They're bad for the right. spectators, obviously, because, you know, there's a slight maybe amusement factor in seeing a team run up a score. But there, as a contest, there's no excitement in them. For the team that wins, they're learning nothing. You right. know, for the team that loses, it's demoralizing and, you know, can cause guys to quit football or just lose interest in the game. So mismatches of that level are bad for every single person involved. And there was way too many of them in the X League for years for various reasons. Top teams bring in American coaches, American players, you know, training three times a week, training, you know, everything on a professional level. And then you have basically weekend guys, whoever showed up for training. And those two teams then are facing off. So blowouts galore and then they cut they used a system brought in by tim goins who most recently was with the baltimore ravens uh he worked for a couple of years they kind of they didn't use his system properly like he he uh wanted them to do but uh they took a, a watered down version of it and they made the x league top division eight teams cut it down which removed a lot of the 60 70 80 point blowouts but you still had you know panasonic and obik and fujitsu hammering tokyo gas and lions so you still had uncompetitive games but not as many of them and you had the much better regular season of those big teams playing each other whereas in years gone by they didn't meet until basically the championship game or the semi-finals or whatever mm -hmm. so you, you had you had a lot more interesting competitive games in the regular season and less of the blowouts but as we said the xa has suddenly decided next year the top four teams in area are going to go back up to the top division so now we will from 2022 have a 12 team top division split into two blocks of six where the teams don't play each other in those blocks so what you're going to have, again, are either one of the big three in one division where they will blow out everybody else, probably. And then you'll have two of them in the other division where only the game between them will probably decide who makes the championship. And then so you have you're actually increasing the number of teams at the lower end. And then that's going to. So challengers for as good as they are, Silver Star, Suns, etc. If they're if Suns are up against Panasonic or Fujitsu or Obik, I mean, you're going to be seeing 60-0 games. You're going to be seeing 65-70-0 games, and nobody wants that. At, at best, you might be seeing 40-0, you know? So uh, I know there's politics behind it. I know there are certain teams that, that, you know, the X League is a very diffuse league in terms of power base, so a lot of the teams have the power. There's their central uh, power like there is in the NFL with a commissioner and stuff like that. The teams basically decide a lot of stuff, so... I'm sure there was a push to get, you know, the, the teams like Deers and Silver Star and Challengers want to be back in the top division. Right. And I don't know right. if they decided to do it. But I think it's a step backwards, personally. I think it's actually making the league less competitive and uh, just one of the many issues. <laughs> and, you know, the, the thing that makes it worse is seeing what's happening in Europe. 
where they've put together a league that is, you know, I mean, they have some teams that are better than others, but for the most part, you have a lot of competitive. And as the league, as that league has gone on, it's gotten, you know, teams that were weak at the start of the season have done a lot better. And, you know, even teams that was terrible at the start of the season, Barcelona doing really well against the best team in the league, Frankfurt and Leipzig knocking off Hamburg with, you know, the two former ex-leaguers in it. So it it's, <laughs> it's hard not to compare because, right. you know, as, Zach, you talked to Michael Birdsong recently, right? Well, that, that, so, that's the whole thing. Like I, that yeah. a whole, I think half that conversation I had with him was just about how, talking how the his, his opinion is the elf will overtake the x league in global yeah. rankings within the next yeah. two to three years at the rate that they are going if things go smoothly in the next few years and that you know they keep on establishing themselves and that you know uh, of course the expansions go well is that yeah. it feels like with the i mean the promotion alone he said is already leagues ahead yeah. it's just that the talent's gotten better throughout the year and if it continues next year the way it has the end of the season watch out it's legitimately looking like something that is putting its name on the map right, right now. The difficulty, of course, with the ELF and with any European football is they don't have a college system the way Japan sure. and Mexico does. So, right. you know, they, they don't have that depth of talent of players coming in who know what they're doing and have been playing it for 15 years already. So, I mean, at the top end, they obviously have a, a lot of good players, as he said, but I don't think they have the depth of players that Japan has. But, yeah, you know off the field and promotional activities and, and organizational. And so we, we were throwing out some ideas and maybe, you know, how can you, you can't have a draft because it's not a professional league. So you yep. can't dictate where players go. There's no salary cap because it's not a professional. Not league. Right. <laughs> so the two, the two big things that make the NFL so fantastic in terms of parity are not applicable in Japan, so it's hard. You know, we were we were thinking maybe throwing out ideas like you could limit the number of players from top colleges on each team, or you could bring in a much much smaller rosters, because what you have is with the rosters that they have in Japan, the large rosters. I think it's fifty seven on game day, but it may be up to like seventy on the extended roster. So you have some of the top college talent come out and just join the big three and are willing to sit on the bench behind the starters and get a ring. And, you know, in, in the four, one of the reasons that these teams are so dominant is we'll say, OK, we'll take, for example, Fujitsu and Nojima this weekend. Nojima will do well early on. But when it comes to the fourth quarter, Fujitsu are still able to, you know, their second string, their third string. They're not that different from the first string. And they've got these you know top college players coming out. Whereas in Nojima, the drop off is extremely significant from the starters to the second and third string players. So they're they're getting tired because they've players right. playing many more snaps or yeah. just rotating guys in all the time keeping them fresh you know that's that's one issue but it's, it's one reason why these big teams are so strong so if you make the roster smaller um you know you 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 prevent that so guys can't just like join the big teams and maybe if they want to play football they have to join some of these uh maybe smaller teams and that might level things out but uh yeah it's it's difficult so dlf is kind of uh dlf is highlighting the issues in the x league for mm -hmm. sure it's it's a contrast that maybe didn't exist up to this year and i think it's focused the minds of a lot of people on the issues in the pro in the x league and how it could do better as i said earlier if japan and the organization put its mind to it here there's a bigger football base and a much larger population we could have a, a bigger cfl in Japan, you know, if it was like rugby, if it was like soccer, 
this will be the second biggest league in the world after the NFL. But as you said, it might be number four at the, in another year. So hard to tell, yeah. you know, or hard to say. It's still ELF for me still needs a little bit more time. But the fact right. that they already, I mean, I'm just been impressed how many players have, that I've had on the players I've had on all are saying I'm like I was not expecting this. It's already going in the right direction, it seems, and I just I keep rolling with that, <laughs> you know, but. I'll tell you one thing with the streaming service. I think that's something alone that's going to be hurt the most. If you go to 12, you know, if you're talking blowouts for these lower level teams that don't get as much of the college players, who's buying a service to watch the majority of the league get basically right. gets butt kicked every week. And then you have it. I I know I will have a hard time and I'm doing the show for justifying mm. that I'm buying it, but it's going to be kind of hard for me to sit there and go, Oh wow, it's fifty-two to nothing in the third quarter. Yeah. And what you know, they, there was about? a there was a big misstep at straight away this year. So out of the blue, suddenly the X League decided to make the Challenger Suns game free right before, like a few hours before kickoff. And that was all the people already, you know, it's because of course you have the season pass, but you have game individual game passes and team specific passes. So the people that had paid for it. So if you, if you paid only for that game or, you know, only for that team and like then a few hours before the game and suddenly it's free for no reason out of the blue, Throw my hands you know, up. that was, that was causing an uproar on social media as well. Like just, just, it's, it's kind of things like that where a little bit of common sense, if it was applied, you'd realize that's not a good idea just to do that. But uh, yeah, if, if, you know, this is a, <laughs> I we bang our heads against the wall with this these topics for for years. So we'll see how it goes. But um, well, yeah, maybe, it, it yeah. seems like you know the answers to us are obvious. But you know, always yeah. they always wonder. You know, even like with the CFL, you know, the an- yeah. why do why do the fans have all the answers and the right. the guys that are making the decisions don't? Yeah. Well, I think the X League. The problem is it's too diffuse. There are too many power yeah. bases and too many people with their own little patch to protect. So, but like. Michael Birdsong said, maybe what's going on in Europe, and especially if players start, especially if the Japanese homegrown talent, and I know a lot of guys are eyeing up what's happening in Europe and thinking about, hey, I could get paid. I could go to Europe. And Europe, of course, is attractive because if you're in Germany, if you're in Switzerland, you've got like 10, 12 other countries that you can drive to. So you can go see all these different cultures. It's, you know, the borders are all open. You can... Yeah, it's a really nice lifestyle there, different foods, different cultures, you know, interesting places to go and things to do and see. So I think you'll get, there will definitely be a certain section of Japanese footballing population that wants to go over and see what's going on in Europe, especially after Omi and Birdsong have had success there, you know. Next year, I think will be very telling is Mm -hmm. what you will, if you see a lot, if you see a lot more articles from, you know, just like uh, you say, like AFI talking about more Japanese talent moving over, you know, if we're talking about it on here, you know, that might be telling, you know, I mean, Michael's talking about it already. Right. Hey, I wouldn't be shocked either. And, you know, on your point with exploring and tourism, you know, my other, one of the other conversations I had not to tout, not to tout Grand Gallery on the show as much, but just like Madre London from, from the U S former Michigan state running back also was in the NFL for, for a bit, you know, comes out there first off, looks like he's the MVP of the league right now, 2000 yards rushing and is dominating. But secondly, you know, something he touched on in my conversation, never has traveled out, never has done this much traveling outside of the U S like this and mm-hmm. has been taking every moment to utilize it. So, I mean, if you're living in the EU, 
You're right. You have access that much. Why not? You know, it's just a perk. It's a big 20, perk. 25 countries, 25 different cultures right there at your fingertips. And you can, you can travel to any of them freely. Well, obviously yeah. now with COVID there's restrictions, well, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big draw. That kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. that the football players have in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, thank you very much for joining once again for another show. Um, I'm looking forward to the rest of the rest of this season here. Like, like we're saying guys that are listening in X one super is starting September 4th and 5th for that season. X one area is already underway as it's week one has already passed by. So we'll be talking throughout the year. We'll be back, uh, recapping week one of the X one super and a bit more of the X one area at a later date, probably in the next two weeks, you'll be hearing from us. We always announce, announce it on gridiron Japan's Twitter page, which I'd recommend you follow. That's at gridiron Japan. Just look for the red, white, and black logo with the title Grand Japan on it. You know, we'll be sure to keep you updated on what's all new with the show and what's coming up ahead for, for my colleagues, John Gunning for Greg James. I'm Zach Kylan saying so long. Thank you as always for tuning in. Uh, we're, we're just excited to keep getting the show going even more. Uh, we're diving into it full season. Hopefully one of, one of all three of us or one of us gets the predictions correct that we made and we're all going to have a blast watching some Japanese football until next time, folks, stay tuned. Catch you in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs>